Captain's Nog. Egg. I'm Captain Britain. And I'm Augmented Pat. These are the voyages of the starship USS Real World Seattle, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go to the Living Constructs Core. So Trek the Podcast is here. One half vegan, one half queer. 100% communist, unless we have a less leftist guest. Patrick and Britain. Talking, joking, farting, and shitting. All about Star Trek. Like our buttholes, the show is Soy Trek loop up your ears. Still doing still with the loop up your ears. I like it. I mean I'll change it if you want, man. You don't you don't have to keep on drowning me out, friend. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll do it if you want. I'll do the ears. All you have to do is ask Pat Lend me your ears. I like that one too. Yeah, it's from uh, a Space Inferno, Pet Detective Two. Oh, the 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 untransphobic one. Yes, cool. <laughs> Welcome to the bridge. This is Soy Trek, the show where two Trekkies ask themselves, "Hey Gwen, can you make that heirloom like into a big old dick for me?" Yeah, I don't know why she doesn't do just also just like more everyday things with it. Yeah, like right. like it should have a scene of her like like a pogo stick. Yeah, pogo stick or her like cutting vegetables with it, or um, yeah, she. I mean, could, why would she have to cut? They have a replicator. Yeah, yes, but she could do. But she could do like a like a Cisco and do like a jambalaya or something. She can like cook, you know, like a lot of like you know, um, Pike cooks, mm-hmm. Cisco cooks. Yeah, yeah. Riker ne- Neelix Riker, cooks. Neelix cooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have a or just yeah, just like do things like yeah, like uh. I mean, she did have a scene where she's like using it to um to do push-ups with. That's in, that, true. in the last episode. Was it the last episode, or the episode before that? I thought she was doing pull-ups on her. Yeah, 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 pull-ups. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is also what uh, what I'm wearing right now. Oh, sick! In case I do a mess. <laughs> I didn't know they still made pull-ups. I think they do. Mm. I actually used to wear pull-ups because oh, I, really? I actually like uh, I peed the bed until I was like six years old or seven mm. years old or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wore pull-ups until then, and then I don't know where I just, like, stopped. Yeah. I don't know what, was, what it was. I'm, I guess I'm not, like, serial killer material because of that. No. Yeah, it hasn't, no. hasn't really affected your psyche where you're, and now I need to go kill people in pull-ups. No. <laughs> uh, and I'm, you know, it, it, oddly, though, too, I, like, never, never gave me a fetish. Hmm, that's you interesting. Know, I feel like diaper fetishes are, like, you know, that's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing, and like you know, I think a lot of it's like wanting to return to baby, you know. You I know, guess re- return so. to, I, I, return, I never re- want to do that. return return to monkey, you know, and yeah, people who want yeah. To which re- I understand, like the, the the return to like the return to the womb type thing, right? Yeah. Because I I like to get in bed, and like I oftentimes sleep like in the fetal position, <laughs> like under a bunch of blankets, and so like I get that like return to the womb kind of like yeah. comfort, but but I also yeah. think like the return to baby type thing, you know, and diaper fetishes is also just return to like. A simpler time, and yeah, and being taken care of, being taken care of, of your needs, and not care. not in a simple world where all you do is shit your pants and get bottle fed and not have to deal with, you know, taxes, work, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you don't you don't want to make a big mess in your diaper. You just hate capitalism. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's what, what we're saying. That's what that's what that's where it all comes from is capitalism. People are just like getting getting crushed by capitalism and just returning to like to an infantile <laughs> taking, state. Taking a big poopy in a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> So as, as you may have noticed, we have ads now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Don't want those ads? Well, Soyagers, I've got a little trick for you. <laughs> Advertisers hate it. For as little as $2 a month, you can subscribe to our Patreon and not only get ad-free episodes, but you get all of our episodes the moment I get done making them. You also get them in high-quality stereo MP3 instead of that shitty mono trash. Mm. You know, fuck that mono trash. You know what's, you know what's in mono? Me, I'm very monochromatic. <laughs> you know what? I'll agree with that. Sure, yeah, yeah. Don't be like Pat. <laughs> yeah, don't wear all black all the time. Yeah. Also, I mean, <laughs> so is Brit. Yeah, we're, we're both mono here. Yeah, uh, you know, we're more like yin yang. You know, because yeah. we got the the. the, the the nice white skin, not nice white skin. <laughs> We've got the unfortunate white skin. Yes. Um, and uh, we're wearing all black here. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I could, I could see. It's my invisible man costume for when I go out at night. Yes. <laughs> okay. Interesting. You're, you're, <laughs> it's it's my more, uh, you know, walk in front of cars at night. So yeah. Don't have to work and just collect that sweet sweet insurance oh, money, yeah. baby. Hell yeah. We love getting hit by a car. <laughs> a nice car. Yeah. Um, Hopefully hip won't break. <laughs> the spine what? won't break. Who cares? Yeah, who, that's more money for me, baby. It's true. It's that's true. More, the more bones you break, the more they fucking pad your bank account. That's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> also, instead of uh, having to wait like everybody else for all four episodes to trickle out over the week, like, um, I don't know, like uh, if someone pisses in your butthole. Mm. And you just like try to keep it tight in your butthole, you know, and but it trickles out like that. Don't mm. don't, don't do that with our episodes. That common that common thing that happens to everybody. <laughs> what you didn't have a quinceañera like that either? <laughs> no, I didn't. Shit, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm the only one who had a, a piss a piss ass quinceañera. Yeah, right. That's, that's part of it where you have to keep it in as long as possible, and then like, and then when it finally comes out, then they're like, "You're 15." <laughs> 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 It's like opening the pinata. <laughs> Everyone takes straws out and starts stripping it off the floor. It's uh, R. Kelly Quinciera right there. So for $5 or more a month, if you're really cool, or $10 if you want to get access to my Plex server, which has every episode of Star Trek ever made. It does. Every Star Trek movie ever made. That's not a fan movie. Uh, fucking over over fourteen thousand films. That's all of the streaming services combined mm-hmm. on a sick ass server. Mm-hmm. And there's movies on there. I'm gonna watch Tar when I get home. Yeah, I just watched Tar the other day. That's that's in there. Uh, if you want access to that, yeah. ten bucks a month. That's cheaper than like pretty much any streaming service, especially with the mm-hmm. amount of content you get. Yeah. Uh, so for any of that, um, we will mention your name also on the podcast, just like sick motherfuckers like Dan Morrison, like Dylan Lance. Like Joanna Hearn, like Jordan Hale, like Nick Savard, like Shane Sawyer, and like our newest big dumb idiot, David Croning Sites. Is it Seats or Sites? It's one of them, mm. I think. I could be wrong both times. Is it S I T E S? S E I T Z. Oh, that's weird. Seats? Seats. Seats. Mm. 
Yeah. Sheets. Good. Yeah. Not really. Uh, I miss sheets. Gas I, miss, I miss Wawa. Gas, yeah. I'm, I'm a Wawa <laughs> motherfucker. I like Sheets. Sheets is good. I like my MTO subs. What's it, what's MTO? It's made to order. Like you would go in. They do that at fucking. They do. Like you would go in, go go to little computer go, terminal. Yeah, they, little, they do that at Wawa as well. They do too, but yeah, I, they I, do I, that I, at both places. The sheets is good. I like yeah, it. I, yeah, personally, I just like Wawa because like at the in southeast Pennsylvania, where like all my family is from. Mm-hmm. There's like no sheets and it's only Wawa. Yeah. So I'm just exposed to that and I could walk to Wawa and it was awesome. And I went to a sheets. I'm like, this is cool. It just has a different setup. And I feel yeah. like the one you live closer to is the one you like more. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, I used to go to one when I worked at UPS. I would mm-hmm. go get get my get my sub. It's, yeah, it's all like if you like sandwiches, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like it explains why, like, you know, there's a lot of fat people in Pennsylvania. Yeah. It's why, also, I get hungry whenever I pass by a gas station. That makes sense. (laughs) I mean, the food they make there is, like, it's fast, it's cheap, and it's better than any other fast food anywhere, basically. Like, a fucking good hoagie, like, made to order of, like, all the things you like. And the thing, the crazy thing, too, is, like, both of those places have insane, like, menus. Like, you can get a hundred different fucking things on your sandwich. Yeah. It's, like... A infinite, infinite, infinite combinations. Yeah, it is so much cooler than like a, a subway could even try to be. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's just fucking sick. And no, no connection to pedophilia like like subway. That's true. No Jared that we know Fogel. of. No Jared Fogel. Yeah. No Jared Fogel yeah. yet. 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 <laughs> you know, I think I found your life's mission. <laughs> you got to become the gas station Jared Fogel. <laughs> So, um, all of the people we just mentioned, by the way, are awesome and deserve a breath mint, mm. even though their breath smells great. Not yeah. bad at all. Invariably sweet smelling. Yeah. So, if you're listening to this and in any position to give any of those people a breath mint, you should do that. Once again, you can go to patreon.com slash dumbidiotbs. That's dumb idiot and the letters BS, which stand for bullshit, but also stand for... Britney Spears. Oh, yeah, it does. Which is not a coincidence. Yeah. Britney Spears is great. Yeah, she is. So, speaking of great, what did we watch this week? Prodigy. We certainly did. Let's get into that episode. Nothing but a prodigy thing, baby. Just two dumb assholes talking crazy. Soy Trek is a podcast that pays, man. A cap, so please don't try to mace, man. Breathe in me. Breathe in me. Exhale, exhale, exhale. You're the victim. Um. So we watched, uh, as, as you mentioned, Prodigy. Yes. <laughs> uh, season one, episode 19, uh, was released today, December 22nd, mm. 2022. 12 2022. Oh, God. 12 2022. Wow. All those, all those people that are into really angel numbers and shit are probably going crazy today. How about angel numbers? <laughs> That's what we're into. Hell yeah. We are. <laughs> what's, what's the best anal number? I guess it would have to be like. 66. Six, six. Yeah, I was going to say 66 or 99. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only ones that make sense. Yeah. You're eating it from the back side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like 97 kind of makes sense, too. Hmm, I can see that. Because the seven could be like the two oh, the cheeks dick. splitting. 
Oh yeah. Or there could be a lot of things there. Like the mm. this is if you use the seven as the cheek split, and I'm almost thinking a thirty-seven might make the most sense. Or no, the three looks like a butt. So and so does ooh. an eight. Yeah, like butt cheeks. That's true too. Wow. Huh. Mm. Hit us up with your favorite anal numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Hit us up on any social media. Tell us what you think the best anal number oh. is. Lay out your case. Oh, yeah. Leave a review for us. And in the review, leave your anal number. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, leave leave five stars for us. That's the anal yes. number for our reviews. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah. For the other anal number, you can choose whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all up to you. Yeah, yeah. Except for the the rating, you the rating, the that's, ra- that's the ra- obviously the rating. five stars. Yeah, we don't we don't consider any any um ra- uh, review less than five an anal number. No. So whatever no. anal number you put on that on it, if it's a if you rate us four stars and leave an anal number, <laughs> that anal number is not an official anal number. <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs> that's a fucking poser ass anal number. Yeah. And we're gonna make fun of him and be like, hey, look at your nerd ass anal number, Mister Mister, giving us four stars. Fucking, that's not a fucking anal number. Yeah, Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> um so uh this one's called supernova part one it was uh episode 19 of season one mm-hmm. uh penultimate episode the uh next mm-hmm. week will be the season finale oh nice uh supernova part two this one is written by aaron mcnamara who is a writer's assistant with her first credited episode or their first credited episode mm-hmm. don't know their gender yeah um, which is pretty awesome, and I get, just got to call it, call it out to the Hageman, Hageman brothers, whatever those guys' names mm-hmm. are. I notice how many people who are just, like, writer's assistants are getting full-credited episodes, yeah, which tells cool. me, like, the producers are, like, you know, empowering people, which mm-hmm. is some cool boss shit. Yeah. Yeah, we like that. Oh, yeah. So this one's directed by Andrew L. Schmidt, who worked for a long time as an animator and supervising animator at Pixar and also did animation on Osmosis Jones. Oh. Yeah, that has uh, the Kid Rock thing where he talks about statutory rape in Osmosis Jones. In the series or the movie? The movie. Yeah, and uh, there's a... yeah What? Yeah, uh, Osmo, uh, Kid Rock plays a singing thing, uh-huh. and he's in the rap, he talks about statutory rape. What? Yeah, that's a line. In Osmosis Jones. In Osmosis Jones. I'm gonna have to watch that again. I yeah. don't want to. You can, but I'm you can Google to. you can Google it just like Kid Rock Osmosis Jones statuary because he says like Stat- Oh that my love that love is statuary says something like statuary that. Statuary or statutory? Statutory, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very different thing. Statutory. Statutory. Statuary rape is just <laughs> yeah, when statuary. I get kicked out that's when I get kicked out of the museum. Yeah. <laughs> statutory. <laughs> That's that's me fucking like my fucking uh, Michael's balls in my mouth over in Rome, man. <laughs> but yeah, but it is a real line that happens in Osmosis Jones and Amazing. somehow got into a children's movie. We fucking love that. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's rated PG. No, it's PG. It's PG. It's PG. Yeah. Well, I mean, parental guidance. Okay. Yeah, then it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just to have that in a kid's I, movie. I feel like there should really only be G and PG, right? Because other than that, you're just making up arbitrary fucking numbers. Like, you know, and as R. Kelly said, (laughs) AJ, nothing but a number. (laughs) Say hello should be PG. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm saying. A parent should be guiding you whether or not to watch that. Most likely not. (laughs) Yeah, most likely, no. But if you need to show your kid 
what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of excuses for you to try. Is that on your Plex? I haven't seen that. Of course. That. Oh, yeah, Halo 120 Days of Sodom? Yeah. Of course. On, on, in 1080. I've had that for years. I haven't seen that in a long time. Maybe oh. I watch that instead of Tar when I get back. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I don't know. I, I find the movie, it's interesting watching it once. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I even tried to watch it again, but it's like, dry and it's got like 70s pacing yeah it's, it's very just boring like, yeah it's it's like if uh i mean someone made fucking you know like serbian film back in the 70s yeah. like it's a bunch of pretty brutal fucked up ideas and like you know pretty fucked up executions too but like you know it's so like dimly lit yeah and everything happens slowly mm-hmm. and i want to say the movie's like over two hours long yeah it's just like, and you uh, feel every minute of it. You do, you do. Yeah. It is a slog of a film. Yeah, um, nah, I'll watch Tar. I'll yeah, watch yeah, Tar. watch Tar. Tar, yeah. Tar, Tar. I just watched. I recommended it. It's good. Um, I don't know if it's great. I don't know if it's best picture material, like they're saying. Mm-hmm. It is without a doubt best actress material, though. Yeah. Kate Blanchett fucking eats screen. She always brings it. Yeah, yeah. She 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 bring a horror. <laughs> on her she she all talking about music. I'm like. I almost believe she actually knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Although I know she doesn't, but maybe she kind of does. Maybe she does. You know, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of actors like end up just like becoming experts and true with their characters thing. Well, yeah, like... especially when they're directed by James Cameron. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, the uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Andrew L. Schmidt, who directed this episode, also directed episode uh, thirteen. Episode 13 of the show, uh, The World's a Stage, and episode 17, Ghost in the Machine, which are some of the best episodes of the series. Yeah. Which is awesome. So. We open on a shot of the Dauntless floating in space, several other Starfleet ships in the background. Admiral Janeway, now in the brig, tells a security guard that there is a dangerous weapon aboard the Protostar, and she needs to inform the Vice Admiral of its presence. The Ensign tells her that by Starfleet Order 104, Section C, C-Section, <laughs> uh, she has been deemed medically unfit for command. Mm. She's got a 14th Amendment on her. Admiral Janeway spells out the danger. If any of the ships hails the protostar and communicates with it, a hostile program will infect all of the ships, turning them against each other. She tells the security guard that she must be released. This Ooh, is fair. Yeah. Over on the bridge of the protostar, Jenkum Pog is saying the Armada is one mean-looking welcome wagon. <laughs> What's a welcome wagon? Yeah, like I don't know that reference. Why does he? Yeah, it's funny because they did. They uh, I think in the last episode they did make a um, make a uh, like Janeway made a reference, and Zero was just like, "What's that?" <laughs> Which yeah. makes sense. But you know, and Jenkum Pog's, you know, Jenkum Pog could have some equivalent of a welcome wagon. You know, it's being translated to English, so it could be just like the Tellerite version. Uh, that's one mean-looking welcome wagon. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I think welcome wagon, I think it might be his term for, like, fuck stick. Oh, yeah. It's one mean-looking fuck stick we're about to get beat with, is what he's trying to say. Mm. But in standard, it's a welcome wagon. <laughs> Uh, so Zero agrees, saying the amount of firepower from that many ships would be problematic. Yeah. Holly Janeway says, this is exactly where the construct wanted to go, to the middle of Federation space. She says that Starfleet will be decimated if the signal gets out. Gwyn says, it's good that Admiral Janeway is there to set things straight. 
Dahl pipes up and laughs and says, um, about that, and explains that he tarnished Admiral Janeway's reputation and made everybody believe she was crazy. <laughs> Rock wonders how they know they're in danger and looks to the Dauntless. On the Dauntless, we're treated to a call from our favorite Admiral, one Jellico. Mm-hmm. He tells the crew the Vice Admiral was perfectly healthy when she informed him there was an unknown weapon aboard the Protostar that was stolen by a crew posing as Starfleet. Commander Tysus confirms this, but says the Protostar was out of reach in the neutral zone. Angelica wonders if that's why he brought it right to their doorstep. Which, damn, you'd be right, Jellico. You'd be right. Yeah. Jellico, wrong. Angelico asks if there's a plan. Essentia speaks up and tells him that the Protostar is refusing to answer their hails. So they've been commanded to disrupt their shields so as to get a boarding party aboard the Protostar. Jellico agrees to this plan. Okay, maybe Jellico is not right all the time. Yeah, I, I did notice he did make a make a but which is weird. This is the first like decision that Jellico's made in his entire Starfleet career that we know of that's a bad decision. But from his perspective, it is the right decision. It is. From his perspective, but he usually takes all the evidence into consideration. It's true. And and miss some evidence here. Yeah, I miss and some that, evidence. And that, that's the thing, is it made like, you know, uh in the episode he was in Chain of Command in mm-hmm. TNG, like it makes it very clear that like he is a thorough motherfucker, and yeah. that's why he like saves the day in the end is because he thought of everything. Whereas mm-hmm. even Riker didn't think of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I fucking love Jellico. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Jellico hangs up as evil music starts to play. Essentia turns around, smiling, her plan now in full effect. Yeah, she goes like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, dun, 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 dun. But it's like with, with big horns. It almost sounds like uh, the Imperial March from Star Wars. It's mm. pretty sick. Uh, good, good music. Once yeah. again, great music on on uh, Prodigy. I still can't believe it's the same person who does music for Strange New Worlds because I feel like honestly the music on Prodigy is better. It is, um, and maybe it's just it like fits more, and the composer's style fits more with this and this type of action. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I feel like the same composer's work on just a different show is like just superior. Mm-hmm. But you know, at the same time, like fucking. The guy who does Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites also does Lower Decks. And Lower Decks, in my opinion, has the best music of all the current Star Treks, which is Mm. still crazy to me. Oh, same composer for those shows? Hmm? Same composer for those shows? No. Oh. No. I think Lower Decks and Solar Opposites and... uh, Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, Rick and Morty. Yeah, 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 those three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those three all have the same composer. Mm, Interesting. Which is crazy to me because, like, Rick and Morty is fine, but, like, Mm -hmm. the music's not, like, exceptional or anything. Yeah, I never really notice it. Lower Decks, the music is exceptional. Yeah. Like, it is, in my opinion, the best music of a modern Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from, like, a composer and musician. Like, I... He is good at Mm -hmm. what he does. He is fucking very good. He's, like, a Dennis McCarthy-level... Good at Star Trek music. Hmm. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. I forget his name at the moment. <laughs> I hope I remember. Well, you know, just say one just say his name and you can edit it in later. His name is Dude McGuy. Yeah, Dude McGuy. Let's just go with that. Yeah, Dude, Dude McGuy. Great composer. So uh Chris Westlake is his name. Uh, Chris yeah. Westlake, amazing composer. Excellent. Uh, lower decks. Dude McGuy. Hell yeah. Um so over on the Protostar, uh the 
they're ask, uh, they're taking their first volley of phaser fire uh, from the Dauntless. Dahl yells that they have to get out of there and asks Zero if they've gotten control of the ship back yet. They say that to pass the software blockade, all it takes is a hardware reconfiguration, which I kind of don't buy, because, like, you can't really do that with a modern computer or, like, even a modern car. Mm. Like, you can't really hardwire most modern cars because mm-hmm. of their computer controls. I kind of doubt you can do that with a spaceship. Yeah. I don't... I don't... I don't... I don't <laughs> buy that. <laughs> um, whatever. So... Uh, Rock asks what that's all about, and Zero says they're hot-wiring the ship. They get the controls back up, and Rock says they're back in business. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, since this is a kid show, I will suspend my disbelief. Yeah. But it's not a 1995 Civic. That <laughs> fucking hot-wire the fucking thing, man. Um, well, but it, the Zero future hot-wired it. Oh, tr- yeah. So, like, Medusin was... hot-wired it. Yeah. yeah. Excorporeally. Kind of like when, like, was, uh, when Garrick had to, like... You know, hot wire the t- transporter system. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gwyn says, that's cool, but their shields are dropping fast and they take another volley of phaser fire. Dahl asks if they can proto warp, but Jenkum, down in the engineering bay, says, nah, not until the proto core is online. He says if they jump now, the only place they'll be going is into a bazillion pieces. Bum, bum, bum. Um, Dahl asks, uh, Dahl has him shift the core power to the shields to boost them. Jankum does it, and shields and impulse power come back online. Dahl orders evasive maneuvers. They begin to fly out, and other Starfleet ships begin attacking them. Shields hold, and Dahl insists they've been in worse jams with less practice, Mm -hmm. and that someday they'll all laugh about it together at Starfleet Academy. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Rock starts to speak up to tell him about Starfleet's ban on augments, but Gwyn interrupts and deflects the fact, which, like... It's very bad timing for this. It is, but also, like, Gwyn... Because we'll get to that later. <laughs> like, yeah. So, Dahl says they may be many, but we're fast, so let's show it off. Yeah. I did like this scene where it shows them, um, you know, part of their evasive maneuvers is going, like, very close to other ships and trying to Which get, makes sense. Yeah, going yeah. between them. and yeah. yeah, that's that's what, like, ships actually do in war because, like, mm-hmm. you, you, no one's going to fire a missile at a ship that's yep. next to your ship. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like that part a lot. Uh, it was good. Yeah, I wish it did good more Good attention to detail. Yeah, yeah I actually yeah. didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was really cool. So uh, the protostar careens in and out of the Starfleet ships and several torpedoes are launched at them. Dahl has them change course, and they evade the torpedoes handily. Jenkum calls it the slippery dipsy doodle, <laughs> which is what I call it when I gape a butthole and a bunch of lube spills out. <laughs> Doesn't that have the official name of Santorum? Remember when that happened? Oh, I told yeah, yeah, but I don't like to call it that because that ruins the mood. It does. Yeah. So, the, but the slippery dipsy doodle is fun. Yeah, slippery dipsy doodle. That's something you could both laugh about. Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> looks like we did we did that slippery dippy doodle. How about I uh, fucking shove this canister of lube back in your ass and just let it go <laughs> until it's lubed all up again, and then it just sucks all the eroticism out of the wind, out of the room. <laughs> what would I would I do my like oh, call it oh, a slippery dipsy doodle? <laughs> hey there, girl, why don't we go to that dude slippery dipsy doodle up in that butthole? Yeah. Or like a little prospector. Oh, you slippery dipsy doodle over here. 
Got a slippery dipsy doodle on my floor. Oh, gosh, is that one of the new flavors at Baskin Robbins? <laughs> oh, my, better go get the sawdust. <laughs> get out of here with the goddamn sawdust jokes. They break me. You know my weakness. Don't you Don't you dare. Don't you dare. Oh, well, I'll stop. <laughs> so uh, Dahl tells him great work, except for the name, because uh, it's already been trademarked. By some weird Star Trek podcasts that's uh, talking about it momentarily. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a weird fourth wall break, and frankly, I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. No, terrible writing. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that didn't happen. Yeah. Dahl says to come about to port, but Jenkum tells him he has a refractory period and he already came on aft. Mm. The aft hole. <laughs> <laughs> I gaped that aft hole. Got a slippery dipsy doodle out of it. <laughs> you want me to slippery dipsy doodle the port? But the aft is already screaming pain. Um, so he tells him to port harder. Mm. Port harder. I'm about to guard. <laughs> uh, in the break of the Dauntless, uh, Janeway is trying to convince the guard, wink, <laughs> That if the proto star is reached, all the weapons of Starfleet will turn against each other. Mm-hmm. She tells the guard, wink, <laughs> that she can be trusted, and the ensign says that she knows Janeway can. Mm-hmm. The officer tells Janeway that years earlier, when she was a child, Janeway uh, lied to the Devore people about the location of her and her family, who were Brenari refugees in hiding, which is a callback to an episode of Voyager I do not remember. Mm. Uh, Janeway hid them from the Devore and had them sent through the wormhole, saving them. Janeway says she's so glad to have met her again. Bum, bum, bum. The officer releases Janeway, who rushes immediately to the bridge. Yeah, she could be putting her uh, her job, her uh, career in Starfleet in risk. <laughs> yeah, entirely. Although she she trusts that Janeway's doing the right thing here, yeah. which is like, she. I mean, I get she's Janeway saved her life, so she's like repaying Janeway. Mm-hmm. I, I can get this. Like the writing is a little like, yeah, would you really? But at the same time, like this is a kids show. It's a, in a very emotional moment. I liked it. It worked for me. Yeah, and it it tied back to real lore, which I love. yeah. We always love fucking lore. Yeah. We love, we love lore people. Only if she released her a little bit sooner. <laughs> Maybe. But, <laughs> but then this, would, uh, this wouldn't be part one. This would just be part. Yeah. We wouldn't even have the word part. That it's would true. be weird if they added the word part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without a number. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> or just weird. put like a random number. You remember... Um, uh, put the anal number. <laughs> uh, uh, that um, uh, Bill Cosby movie, Leonard Part Six. Oh, of course, it's one of the worst movies. <laughs> it's of all one time. of the worst movies, and vegans are the enemy, are villain in that. That's right, they are just just like in um, uh, Troll Two. In Troll Two, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, but yeah, Leonard Part Six is yeah one of the seriously most confusing movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's... and I love that it was called Part Six. Yeah, we we do love that. <laughs> assuming that there are like five parts before it. Yeah. It's... That we, we come we come we come, we come to Leonard the like restaurateur and secret agent and, and sort of like mid part of his life basically, basically Cisco's dad basically Cisco's dad yeah basically Cisco's dad yeah you know what mm. maybe it's a prequel <laughs> now that I think about it oh yeah it could be Cisco's dad and if you're out there and you haven't seen Leonard Part Six don't <laughs> no I'd say do eh. it's like 
I, I would honestly do a back to back with that and the adventures of Pluto Nash. <laughs> See some uh you know, some excellence in comedy. Yeah. Have uh, uh yeah, like um uh like a a fighting ballet scene that's in Limited Part Six. That's true. He uses ballet to fight people and uh and also like a hot dog because they're vegans. That's correct. Yeah. yeah he uses a hot dog as a weapon. Yep. Yeah. But it has a cool. yeah. <laughs> um, out in space, the protostar is still taking evasive maneuvers when a warship comes up behind them, and it's a defiant class. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But it's, it's not defiant. just a defiant class; it's the USS Defiant. Say what? Yep, had that. Uh, you could barely see it, but mm. like people were talking about it on the internet, definitely said USS Defiant. Wow, I think Worf was on there. No, no, no Worf no, is Worf out is, of Starfleet. Yeah, yeah, Worf is doing stuff on Chronos uh, uh, at this yeah. point. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I, I think he like basically between DS Nine and I hope Picard, he's just like ambassador for the Klingons because mm-hmm. that's kind of where he was going at that point yeah. with Chancellor Martok and the House of Martok. Because like, I mean, say what you will about Worf, but his bromance with Martok is like one of the best parts of any yeah. Star Trek. It's it true. fucking rules, yeah. and it. M- it makes so much sense for his character at the end of DS9 yeah. to go live as a Klingon on, on Kronos because yeah. that's like what what it writes to. That's what mm-hmm. it's building to. Honestly, his entire story arc from the beginning of TNG mm-hmm. up until like the final episode of DS9 is about him like fully becoming the Klingon that he wants to be. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's fucking beautiful. It rocks. It yeah, does. so who knows? Who knows who's on that Defiant? Could be, could be a... Uh... That'd be funny if, like, here or somebody's on it. You know what? Uh, given this time, I imagine it could definitely be Kira. Because, I mean, she's commanding the station, and yeah. and uh, basically Cisco was always the commander of the Defiant when he was there. Although she's not Starfleet, so it can't be her. Yeah. Because Starfleet uh, divested entirely from, mm. from the station, and now it's entirely Bajoran-controlled. Mm. So the Defiant's no longer stationed with DS9. Mm. We can pretty safely assume, I'd say. Mm. Unless they donated it to them, which would be cool too. Yeah, or uh-huh. uh, Nog. That is what I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now that that that's the best idea there. Like Captain yeah. Nog, fucking Captain rules. Nog. Unfortunately, they can't get Aaron Eisenberg no. back because R.I.P. Yeah, to a real one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, It'd be cool if we saw like a Captain Nog or something. Yeah, yeah. We don't even have to hear him talk or anything. Uh, Ooh. We, you could just like, yeah, see, yeah, Captain Nog. Like, that'd be sick. Yeah. I love that. That'd be sick. Mm-hmm. Or they like, could just talk or, about Captain Nog. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, just show Or him, they'd just... be like, thank God Captain Nog is here. Yeah, shows him on the shows him on the view screen briefly mm-hmm. or something. Oh yeah, and he just like gives a thumbs <laughs> yeah. up. Which... <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 calling it now. We're gonna have Captain Nog in the next episode. That'd be sick. That'd be so fucking sick. And also, I mean, I guess they could always just use like voice clips from him before. Yeah, they did it in the out of the episode. So yeah, yeah. And like, he doesn't have to say much, but yeah. we fucking love that. It would be a very that would be an awesome tribute to Aaron Eisenberg. Actually, mm-hmm. is like making him captain of the Defiant in in the future. That yeah. would be cool. Yeah, like categorically cool. Make it happen. I'm I'm crossing my fingers for it. Hell yeah. If it happens, I'll probably come and not stop coming. Yeah. I mean, if, if they do it, I'm just going to fucking, I won't stop like DMing the Hegman brothers and telling them that they're doing a good job. Yeah. I don't know if they need that, but I'm going to give it to them. <laughs> just send a lot of I love yous and yeah. dick pics. Uh, like, I'm to the point where like, 
I don't know if it's okay to like ask for people's mailing addresses, but I do. There are certain like writers and stuff where I'm like, they inspired me to do things. Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. The, like, I, I feel like some of these people like deserve the fun merch that we're making. Yeah. Because they should know like what they're inspiring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, yeah. Anyway. I could send them like, you know, like your severed finger or something. Ooh. Or, um, uh, ooh, what do they call that thing? It's like, uh, Something a willy. There's a the thing where you can like um to make like a mold of your dick and make a dildo. Oh yeah, uh, clone a willy. Clone a willy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was um looking into those because someone asked me for uh, my my penis. No, oh. I was like, oh, that'd be a nice gift for someone. <laughs> uh, so um, someone uh, someone's gonna get something special in their stocking. Yeah. <laughs> Not just in the stocking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you call that a stocking? Well, I guess the the. Edge is blown out like an old sock. <laughs> it's, like an, it's like an old boot sock you wore in the jungle and it got too wet, blew out the elastic. Yeah, just wait, we'll have that on the Soy Trek shop. <laughs> just a one, <laughs> one blown out sock. Yes. <laughs> the gape sock. The gape sock. The gape sock. Um, then it'll just be a pink sock. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be my name on uh, my gamer tag on like Xbox, Pink Sock Hop. <laughs> <laughs> Pink sock hop. <laughs> that that one caught me off guard. Yeah, that's great. Pink sock. <laughs> that's 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 stupid, man. <laughs> man. Man, you're stupid. That's stupid as hell. <laughs> Add pink sock hop to your friends. It probably no longer exists. I haven't been on Xbox in like twelve years. Turning this Xbox into a triple Xbox. <laughs> oh yeah. Gape it for me. <laughs> Gape that Xbox. Um. So, eh, where are we? So we love to see the Defiant class, don't we, folks? Yep, it mm-hmm. hits them and the shields to the protostar now. Critical. Rocky mm-hmm. yells out that they're going to be boarded, and Gwyn stands up and starts walking off the bridge. Doll asks where she's going, and she says she's going to give them a fighting chance. Oh hell's yeah! Doll follows after her, and she's gearing up, picking up a gun, and getting ready to fight. Doll tells her that if she crosses that line, she can forget about ever being in Starfleet. Mm. She says she knows, but her father will not try to talk in reason. She tells him, if anything happens, she wants him to hear it from her. And suddenly, Doll thinks he has a hint to take and kisses her. Yeah. Whoa! And finally, the uh, will they or won't they paid off. <laughs> Did it? No, because she she she's like backs, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, she backs away with a what the fuck on her face and asks what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he apologizes profusely, saying he thought it was a moment they were both sharing. Nope. No. Awkward. Who knows? Something could happen with it in the next episode. Could. Yeah. Captain Nock would be like, I like to watch. Wait a second. Do you think he has the same sex organs that the nav- the Navi do? Because he has the neck thing. Mm, maybe. I think that, but he doesn't have like a ponytail to like cover it up. Mm. I think he might be a purple Navi. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's too short for a Navi though. Maybe he's like a Jenkum Pog Navi hybrid. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because like, uh, like you can see well, like the here difference. Here we go. 
Jacob Pog fucked a Navi. There's your next season. I believe There's it. your entire next season of Prodigy. Oh. You're welcome, Higman Brothers. You're very welcome. Welcome to the fo- welcome to the Star Trek universe. Welcome uh, to the Navi. Soy Trek universe. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> so he asks what it was she wanted to say. Gwen tells Dahl that Starfleet will not allow Augments to join. Dahl can't believe this and falls back, defeated. Gwen says she's so sorry, but he deserves to hear the truth. Yeah, she's pretty much like get, get him a two-punch two, two knockout there, just being mm-hmm. like, ooh, yeah, yeah, uh, we're not making out right now. And, oh, by the way, you won't be able to finish your um, life's goals here. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> like, which is why, like, anytime I drop bad news on someone, I offer to give them a blowjob. Oh, so she did, but she didn't, though. I know. And it's, 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 it can be really weird, especially when they're like, uh, I don't have a penis. <laughs> and also, this is traffic court, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to get you out of uh, these these uh, these uh, these tickets that you have. But here's my number. <laughs> yeah. And here's the hotel I'll be staying in. <laughs> um, right then, a final phaser volley takes down the shields of the protostar, leaving it defenseless. Dahl stands up and grabs the gun from Gwyn. She asks what he's doing, and he insists that if he can't join Starfleet, he'll make sure the rest of the crew can. I'll make sure none of you do. <laughs> and, just, yeah. and he just fucking mercs Gwyn. If I can't be in Starfleet, you can't either. <laughs> no one can be in Starfleet. <laughs> Meanwhile... The, that, that way no one answers the hails. That's Because everyone's dead. <laughs> an amazing point. Yeah. Meanwhile, Essentia enters the transporter room, morphing into her true form and immobilizing the boarding party. Her, the Diviner, and Dreadnought transport to the Protostar themselves instead. The crew and Dreadnought begin fighting as Essentia and the Diviner make it to the bridge where Gwyn is hiding. Essentia immediately disables Hala Janeway. Over with the rest of the crew, Dreadnought overpowers them, except for Gwyn, who is still on the bridge. Uh... Dreadnought throws down a gravity mine, uh, which makes Jenkum Pog and Rock and Dahl unable to move. Uh, I think it was just... Uh, or, yeah, was it not Dahl? It was just Rock and Jenkum. Okay, yeah. Um, that's right, because he did another thing to Dahl. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the bridge, and concerned about his loyalty to his daughter, Essentia locks the Diviner in the subdeck with the living construct. Mm-hmm. Gwyn comes up behind her and tells her to get off the ship. Armed with her own Volnacot heirloom, Essentia engages Gwyn in a vicious sword fight. And at this point, I was thinking, like, how their heirlooms are kind of like this series botless. Like, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, 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 because they're they're a very like specialized Mm -hmm. to a race weapon that is like tied into lore and stuff. Yeah, 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 that's that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's like, yeah, they're kind of like Klingons. Yeah. Unfortunately, like the heirlooms don't have like a specific cool iconic form. No, yeah, they're, they're kind of random. That I could put on a shirt. Yeah, they're kind of. That, like, that's the only reason it's unfortunate is because I cannot capitalize on. Yeah, the air, the heirlooms are kind of like, like I'm not sure if it does like when it enters her its sword mode. I'm not. I'm wondering if it is kind of like uh, random each time. I could make a, a full length arm glove that looks like it, right? Oh, there, there you go. go. Yeah. Cha ching. Cha ching. Britt's eyes just became giant dollar signs. <laughs> my, my ears just grew a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, on the bridge and concerned about... Oh, no, already got that one. So over with the rest of the crew, 
Uh, Dreadnought is choking out Dahl when Murph tries to stop Dreadnought by attacking him, uh, briefly getting the upper hand, but Dreadnought uh, literally freezes Murph, mm-hmm. revealing for once a Murph weakness besides lounge karaoke. Which I'm surprised Murph doesn't like freeze out in the in vacuum space. of space. I know, I was thinking about that too. Yeah. I'm like, how exactly cold is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, pow- yeah, whatever. But... Maybe, uh, who knows? It's probably because, like, there's like a physical, like, kids, I, I kids, think... kids don't know about truth, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was also wondering if it's it's because like it's more of a um spit a cold, like, f- cold fluid on him that immobilized him. That's a good point, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, if some or like something that actually bonds with him in a yeah, way, yeah, and he can't, like, and he can't break himself free from it mm-hmm. and can't really change his shape to squiggle out, yeah, True. that's what I'm thinking. So back with Gwyn, she tells the Vindicator, or Essentia, whoever, uh, this can't be what their people want, and the Vindicator tells her she's not one of them. Though she is able to land a blow that leaves a scar on the Vindicator's face, the Vindicator gets an upper hand while calling Gwyn a, quote, mistake that shouldn't exist. Damn. Damn, dude. Yikes. It's like, I wish your mother got an abortion, (laughs) and... She's if, like, I if, have a mother? Yeah, if she yeah. has a mother, like, I'm wondering, yeah, I was wondering if it just, like, squeezed out of, uh, out of the other dude. <laughs> yeah, if the diviner just has a bussy, then he, like, yeah. he can choose to, like, make a child out of. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, or, you know, like, or I think we mentioned it in the last episode, like, Enemy Mine, we were talking about Enemy Mine, right? Yeah, or, or, or perhaps he, like, uh, stole Jenkum Pog's cum mm. and, like, put that in his bussy. Yeah. And maybe... But if they if they reproduce asexually, that does mean like doll has no chance because like true cause like like well no that's not true because asexual reproduction doesn't mean you can't suck a dick yeah but I mean it, it could just mean like sexual but just sexual reproduction just with like another person or just like having is like I mean, probably like, like you don't have to you know have sex for reproduction you know yeah but like but Wait, yeah, are, you, but, are you sure you know this but i'm just saying like <laughs> but i'm just saying like you know you, like maybe they don't just like have like those sort of romantic connections because they reproduce asexually well i mean she doesn't even know about her people at all so yeah. like she's socialized to like this yeah so she knows about romance and stuff from from this end so i i feel like she's still open to romance definitely yeah. i don't know because yeah i don't know yeah, I don't know. She's a combination of her experiences, not like her people. That's true. She doesn't know anything about their their socialization. <laughs> fucking sexuality is a, a fucking social construct. Yeah, and you know, yeah. So yeah, no, she totally as Riker as Riker found out firsthand. Exactly. Yeah, as Riker has found out, just because it don't reproduce doesn't mean it don't <laughs> fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like it may not be putting out babies. But it be fucking, mm-hmm. you know. I've put my penis in a lot of holes that cannot reproduce. Yeah, anything but poop. Suddenly, the diviner escapes from the subdeck just in time to see the vindicator standing over Gwyn, about to land a killing blow. The vindicator uses Gwyn as a hostage to control the diviner. However. He uses his mind to send Gwyn's heirloom towards the Vindicator's face with the Force. Mm. And they even say, whoa, check out his midichlorians, dude. <laughs> his midichlorians are off the charts. Uh, yeah, he's like, before it was her heirloom, it was mine. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
Unfortunately, the Vindicator catches it and says he was always the weak one, mm. throwing it straight into his stomach, landing a fatal blow. Yeah. Dreadnought suddenly walks onto the bridge, announcing all threats have been contained. The Vindicator opens a channel to Starfleet. Mm. On the Dauntless, they receive an incoming transmission from the Protostar, and Commander Tysus has them put it on screen. Just then, Admiral Janeway rushes in and yells, No, don't answer that hail. Tysus stands up and looks at her right as the Vindicator's face appears on screen. Bum, bum, bum. It's too fucking late. The construct activates, sending a red wave out along the Starfleet ships, not unlike the 2016 election. <laughs> Admiral Janeway tries to activate wep- uh, sorry, tries to deactivate their weapons, but the controls are not responding. Construct is now in control. The Vindicator says Starfleet let their people tear each other apart, and now she will do the same to their buttholes. The Starfleet ships begin firing on one another. Kind of wondering, like, why the, um, I mean, it would probably be easier if, like, it was just, like, just, like, made their warp core overload or something. Right, right. I feel like, but but they've made it pretty clear that they can't destroy the construct from any means that they found. But I mean, the construct makes their makes their warp cores explode. Oh, oh, that's yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Instead, instead of like firing phasers, it's just like does a warp core breach and it's like time to die. Well, the problem is though, it only destroys the ships that are there. Mm -hmm. And the the point is to infect all the ships so they they spread out and proliferate and destroy. Because if you just destroy all of the Starfleet ships there, the living construct is over, and they didn't destroy all of Starfleet yeah. and the Federation. They just destroyed those ships. Yeah. So, you know, they they definitely needed to be like a, a chain of mm-hmm. chain of events that mm-hmm. this this really uh, trips off. So, uh, still pinned down and seeing the destruction outside, Rock, who had fallen on top of Jenkin Pog in the fight uh, with Dreadnought, engages in some quick thinking and uses Pog's multi-mit torch to melt a frozen turf, who then frees Zero... Murph. Huh? Call him Turf. Turf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, J.K. Rowling is Turf. For what we know, from what we've seen so far, Murph is not a turf. No, definitely not. Yeah. No, especially with the color scheme, can't be a turf. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, yeah, Murph has bisexual lighting. It's like a hundred percent. Murph is is lit like an episode of Euphoria. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably how they filmed Euphoria. They just borrowed Murph and just like just, put, he just went put over a floodlight yeah, right he, inside of him. He just went over a floodlight and just like <laughs> that's how they lit Euphoria. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah. Um, so uh, Murph then frees Zero from the energy disruptor, leaving Zero able to free Dahl, who knocks the gravity mine away, freeing Pog and Rock. They all rush to the bridge just in time to watch the Vindicator escape using Dreadnought as an escape pod. And this whole sequence is really cool. Like, yeah. the kids figuring out, like, the chain of events they need to, mm-hmm. like, get free. And then, like, Dreadnought as an escape pod was really fucking cool. Yeah, that was cool. Like, she she launched, like, directly out of the bridge, like, breaking the, the bridge window, and it had to, like, repair itself. It was a cool sequence. It yeah. looked really neat. A lot of fun stuff. And we're going to we're gonna see her on another day. I'm sure we will. That'd, that'd be so funny if they just wrote her out. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> literally never see the Vindicator again. Yeah. Uh, that would be honestly hilarious, but not fulfilling. <laughs> no, yeah, especially now that they got rid of a... Uh... The, uh... Spoilers. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Diviner, that's his name. Yeah, the, the, the Diviner. Yeah. Um, wine, dine, 60 Divine. 60 Diviner. Um, 
Weiner Diner 16 of Viner? No, that doesn't work at all. <laughs> that's the anal number. That's the anal number. Uh, 16 to Viner. 16 to Viner. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Gwen reaches her father and hovers over him as he dies. He tells her it wasn't supposed to be like this, that he wanted her to be able to see her world, their world. Gwen says she can and that she will. He tells her that maybe she can do what he could not do and unify their people. She says she doesn't even know where their planet is, and he insists that there is no barrier they cannot overcome. He tells her she is his daughter, his spirit song, his Gwendala, and then he breathes his last breath as his body evaporates into the cosmos. Yeah, it's a pretty wild way they die, yeah. Yeah, this was a great scene. Yeah. Loved it, hit me right in some feels. Yeah. Had a tear or two. Real nice stuff. Yeah, like now we, and like uh, get to see like so I guess they're possibly kind of energy based because they do glow kind of they have like streaks and yeah. and their in their face that seem to glow so it seems like yeah and he like yeah. just dematerialized although part of me wonders though if that might be an effective like the time travel yeah the time travel mm. he like materialized back into his own time and died there or something I don't know. yeah yeah it could be something yeah so yeah it's and leads a potential for a comeback that's true actually yeah <laughs> yeah. He's a, you know, he's a cool character, so it'd be cool to see more of him. Like, he can, he can uh, return and come forward, too. He could come anywhere he wants. Yeah. 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 Anywhere. Come on the back. <laughs> uh, Rock reactivates Hala Janeway, and she is incredulous she's been deactivated. And Dahl asks for a damage report, and uh, he says the hold is stabilized. The shields are returning. Suddenly, it's noticed that the construct has disabled the universal translator just as Jankum seemingly starts speaking gibberish. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty fun. Yeah. Um, over on the Dauntless, Tysus asks for a damage report, and Admiral Janeway says, it's too late. Prepare to abandon ship. She repeats her command, but Tysus doesn't understand, because their universal translator has stopped working as well. On the Protostar, nobody's understanding each other. But Gwyn says that her father had her learn languages to pit species against one another. But she thinks she can use that to bring them together instead. She hails the Dauntless, and Admiral Janeway and Gwyn volunteer... uh, Sorry, uh, she hails the Dauntless and Admiral Janeway, and she volunteers herself to act as a translator. Janeway says that there's basically nothing they can do to prevent these Starfleet ships from destroying themselves. And Dahl wonders if they ask other non-Starfleet vessels for help. Hologram Janeway echoes that, stating that the real Janeway has some non-Starfleet allies who might be willing to lend a hand. Gwyn sends out a distress call and successfully contacts a Klingon captain named Trij. She asks Gwyn why she would consider helping Starfleet, and Gwyn says that in the infinite of space... Everyone needs to know there is a place out there willing to accept us all, no matter how different we think we are. Without Starfleet, the Federation crumbles, and that dream dies with it. If they've ever helped you as they've helped us, then hear my words. Allies, civilians, outsiders, anyone. Starfleet needs you now, or it will not survive. Then Admiral Janeway kills them and calls this a worthy effort and calls for evacuation. This was a great speech. I really yeah. love this. Yeah. Really good writing on this. Episode. Yeah. Yeah, spoke totally. from the heart. Yeah. Um, would you say maybe she has a faith of the heart? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Excellent. 
<laughs> um, suddenly, right as torpedoes are about to destroy the Dauntless, a Klingon bird of prey swoops in and takes the hit. They're hailed by the mighty Trish, who offers salvation and tells them to prepare to beam out. Soon, other ships arrive, including a Petrian bulk freighter, a Ferengi Decora class marauder. The Ferengi one was surprising. It was, yeah, surprising, but I mean, I feel like it shouldn't be. Because yeah. you know who's fucking the Grand Negus now? Yeah, Rom. Our boy motherfucking Rom! Yeah. So they've obviously allied themselves with the Federation, mm-hmm. and they're doing things to, you know, help everybody. Yeah. Because Rom is a selfless, good man. He is. We fucking love Rom. Yeah. He's, he's our good boy. Yeah. Such a good boy. Um, You know, Rom is kind of like a golden retriever, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's like real, real happy, real with it. <laughs> he cares about his mom. A lot. We, we love Rom. Rom's yeah, loyal. Boy. Rom's a real good boy. Yeah. So, um, uh, we also have a Vulcan Surak class vessel. And you know what was the real surprising one? Hmm. Was a Gorn trading vessel. Oh, yeah. So, apparently, the Gorn now are in okay relations with the Federation, which is like, yeah, why, why not? Yeah, why not? Who cares? <laughs> That's cool. Uh, but, you know, actually, it does make sense after the... Uh, the fucking the arena the episode with mm-hmm. with Kirk and the Gorn because like uh, at the end of the episode they realize that they just like don't understand each other as a species mm-hmm. and like the captains respect each other at the very end so that does make sense actually yeah. now that I think about it um so uh, these vessels attempt to deflect phaser and torpedo blasts from the Federation ships right as the Universal Translator is suddenly fixed. Unfortunately, since Starfleet vessels automatically send out distress signals when they're under attack, more and more Starfleet vessels begin arriving at the scene. There's nothing they can do. They can't warp away, and they can't stop the signal. Oh, shit. It's annihilation. Yeah. End of episode. Boom. What do you think? I liked it. Like, I think they're going to uh, set us up. They set us up for, uh, I think, what's going to be a pretty satisfying in, uh, finale. You know, we're going to yeah. have, you know, them solve the problem somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I feel like all of this is very intentionally paced out. Like, yeah. I feel like maybe the writer's room actually, like, came up with the basic outlines of every single episode, like, when they started the mm-hmm. series. Because, like, everything is playing out seamlessly. Yeah. Like, it's it's either they're just really fucking good writers or, I mean, they're just good writers, obviously, mm-hmm. because maybe they planned out this far ahead. Yeah, and like uh, now that they have full contact with Janeway, Janeway can lend her experience mm-hmm. and uh, knowledge, and possibly find like come to come to find out how to, to deal with the construct once and for all, and save the ships that have already been affected, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm hoping that we get to see some uh, some Captain Nog. Hell yeah! I hope we get to see. Uh, like uh, some sort of celebratory where you know Janeway gets to come over and officially meet the kids and not you know in Doll's body. And... You know what would be pretty fucking cool too? Mm. Uh, another captain I would totally accept for the Defiant. Mm. Captain Harry Kim, motherfucker. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe that's that's one that thing like uh like uh could be like I got you, Vice Admiral <gasps> Captain Harry Kim, then. I don't think that's happening because no, I do not. listen to um, the Delta Flyers, uh, yeah. Garrett Wang and Robert Duncan McNeil's podcast, mm-hmm. and I definitely feel like they'd mention that because they talk about a lot of stuff on that. I don't know. He could be keeping it a secret. I, I don't think 
I don't think Garrett Wang is that good at keeping secrets, yeah. honestly. Because, like, he has talked about other, like, members of the Star Trek universe, like, mm-hmm. coming back into Star Trek before it's happened. And he's yeah. kind of mildly spoiled stuff in ways. But I don't know. I don't know. How did he handle uh, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil getting put back with uh, Lower Decks? Was he, like... So, I actually only started listening, like, a couple weeks after. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was be like, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, the the both obviously are very good friends and they're mm-hmm. happy for each other's successes. Yeah. So I don't know. But yeah, but um, yeah, I hope to see some Captain Nog get to see or, or potential setup for the next season where, you know, we're probably going to be taken away from Starfleet again somehow. So they could be perhaps it's, it's going to go one of two ways. Either it's going to go like the kids all get to join Starfleet and that's the next season. Or there's like another thing they really have to do. They use the protostar to go to, that moment in time to the to the planet um, that Gwendal is from, and they're the one who kickstart the um, the the war that destroys right, their thing. Right. So I feel like they've really set themselves up for like three great plot lines for the second season, mm. uh, and that's going to be yeah, going back to Gwen's planet to try yeah. to fix. And then we'll see Robert Beltrain. You know, could be. Um, yeah. uh, we could also get. Yeah, um, the search for Chakotay, basically. Yeah. Uh, which kind of could be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, also, yeah, Starfleet. So yeah. we've got a lot of choices here, and they could be split up. You know, the kids could go to Starfleet. Uh, Gwyn, I don't know, Gwyn and maybe Admiral Janeway could go back in time or forward in time or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Could go a lot of ways. But uh, yeah. ultimately, this episode was awesome. Yeah. Great action, great writing, mm-hmm. uh, like, as I said, like everything se- seems so well structured and intentional. Yeah. Like the pacing is really good. Uh, there were some great speeches and shit in here. Mm-hmm. It was it was just altogether really great episode, especially yeah. for like being the first credited episode of any show that this this person's written. Yeah, fucking hell, a hell a great job. Yeah, pretty hell sick. Great job. Yeah, good job. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, see. Uh, yeah, get excited to see where it goes. Yeah, it was a great, great episode. Yeah, definitely. I think we've said it before a million times, but yeah, definitely high quality for being a kid show. Straight up. I am constantly impressed and, you know, pleasantly surprised with how good the show is. Yeah. Yeah. If you like Star Trek, fucking watch Prodigy. That's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it might not be your thing. It's not for everybody, but fucking surprisingly, it's for both of us. And I don't think either of us is the type of person who you'd assume would watch Star Trek Prodigy. No. No. But here we are. Yeah. And we like it. Yeah. We like both, it, folks. It's good, folks. C- cynical, cynical, dead-eyed adults. Yeah. <laughs> two, two cynical communists watching a Star Trek children's show and enjoying it immensely. Exactly. That's that's it. If you're experienced childlike wonder in your lives, do it. Yeah. Watch Prodigy. Watch Avatar. Feel something, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Explore new worlds. That's, that's Explore new worlds. All right, uh, with that, would you like to get into the Klingon word of the day? Yeah. Let's do it. Today's Klingon word of the day is talk, 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 which means 
cocktail lounge. That's a very short word for such a <laughs> large concept. Yeah. I guess if you were to use it as a sentence, like you would say, you know, Worf went to the Tach mm-hmm. to get his prune juice. I guess that's true. Yeah. Or do you think there's any good prune juice cocktails? Ah, that should be look something to look up. No, it shouldn't. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> well, I know I looked up. Uh, I, like you, you know, remember years ago they had the Klingon beer, and it was like mm-hmm. banana flavored and stuff. What? Yeah, Klingons don't have bananas. Yeah, it was really weird. I should uh, I should find it. Like I wonder if they still sell the Klingon beer. It was very fruity. I was just like, huh, okay. That's weird. But then it kind of makes sense. Like no, it, it doesn't. Well, they do kind of like sweeter stuff. Do they? Yeah, like I guess blood wine's supposed to be sweet. True. Yeah. But gach? Gach, no, but but they're beverages. Mm. You know, Worf loves prunes juice. You know, it's a warrior's drink. It is a warrior's drink. Yeah. I mean, warriors are regular. Warriors take regular poops. Yeah, he likes to he likes to take shit from both from both uh both cocculas. <laughs> cocculas. Cocculas. What? <laughs> So, so Tach, Cocktail Lounge. Yes. Tach. Tach. Okay. Well, cool. Um, I, don't, I don't have a good sentence for that. All right. <laughs> so with that, uh, would you like to listen to some subspace transmissions? Let's do it up. Subspace transmission. Subspace Doggity do! Look at where we are! <laughs> We're in the subspace sector! What do we do here? Well, we find comments on Reddit for this one for new Ooh. episodes, and we talk about Reddit comments, because that's what all the cool <laughs> kids do. Oh, yeah. That's what I've heard. All right, so uh, this one, all these comments are from r slash Star Trek, the Star Trek subreddit, where they have episode discussions after every new episode of Star Trek. Most of it's not very good, but there's some gems here and there, and we're reading some of those and then some of the not very comments as well. So here we go. We start out with Optical Data says, If I had a penny for every time the USS Defiant was hit by a weapon that instantly disabled all of its systems, I'd have three pennies, Mm -hmm. which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it's happened three times. One thing I'm loving about Prodigy and Lower Decks is that they seem to be building towards the state of play that we saw present in Season 1 of Picard. The Inquiry-class fleet makes sense if a lot of post-Dominion warship building was wiped out slash damaged by the living construct attacked. Which actually kind of makes sense. Mm. The Federation's aversion to AI following the Mars attack makes a lot more sense with the high-profile damage caused by the Texas-class and living construct. Pretty much seems like it was the third strike and fuck it, we're done with AI was the Mm. attitude. The big shipbuilding effort and the Romulan evacuation makes a lot more sense as well. If a big chump of uh, Starfleet's larger vessels were recently damaged, disabled, and destroyed. Mm. Which actually, yeah, that actually does make sense in context. Yeah. Which, uh, okay. Mm. I mean, it doesn't make Picard season one make any sense at all, but no. it helps explain away one of its gaping plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. Yeah. Just one. And, and we love gaping holes here at Soy yeah, Trek, and, and, but not those. Yeah, I mean, Picard has a lot of gaping holes, and we hate it. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I want to see several gaping holes the, in that, that sh- show. That shows the duality of man. I know. And there's at least like <laughs> there's at least like three gaping holes in that show I'd be happy to see. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't show me none of them. Nope. It shows me gaping plot holes instead. <laughs> we don't like that. Which, like, 
I think I've said it before, but like I'm fine with like sort of like little plot inconsistencies here yeah, and there. Like, like Prodigy has little things where I'm like, why do they really do that? Yeah, though? but the writing is so good. It's just like you know, it's it's sort of like you know a cinema a cinema sins type brain to like really harp on it and get and think it's bad. Right. But it's like, but no, it's just like no, you can you can easily just be like, okay, it's just part of storytelling right. you know like and then just like you know just pass on like but with like something like the card that's so such dog shit every single dumb little decision it, just like is like a is like a little knife slice it is. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just like we're standing there and, and terry metallis is standing in front of us and like every few seconds he just spits a little bit on our face yeah and like you know if someone just spits a little bit on your face while you're talking to them or something it's usually no big deal mm-hmm. but after you're done with the conversation and your face is full of their spit, you're like, this is gross. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Mm-hmm. Stop it, Terry. <laughs> you're out of control. <laughs> um, yeah, tell him to put on a bib or something. Yeah. Fuck it. Go, call Henry Alonzo Myers. Ask what he's doing. Mm-hmm. There's like multiple people in the world who you can be like, hey, your show's good. How do I do that? Yeah. You're not doing that, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing, you're asking the wrong questions. Yeah, like that's the thing. If you just told a good story that makes sense, I can excuse so much shit I can for good storytelling. So much shit. I watch wrestling. Yeah. All I care about is storytelling. Yeah. I can excuse the fact that everything's obviously fake. Yeah. Like that. May Young once gave birth to a rubber glove. Remember okay, that, that happened. <laughs> okay. Okay, May Young. Fucked that giant glove man oh, yeah, and yeah. gave birth to its progeny. Okay. 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 That, that's a that's a statement of fact. Yeah. Don't you dare. Yeah, sixty-seven uh, year old woman gave birth to a glove that she had with a glove man. Correct. <laughs> after, listen, after menopause, you can no longer have human children. However, oh. gloves are still in the question. They never really explain that. She, she just like she, she, she fucked the hamburger helper glove. She just she just like <laughs> shot out a really greasy glove she, and then like she's like it was a glove. She no. fucked the. Oh God! It was a glove all the time, and then like they're just like okay, and then they just never touch that story again. Why would they? <laughs> but it's just like, but it was a huge thing where it was like, oh, she's having Mark Henry's child, and then, and then like, how but, did she have a baby? She's sixty-seven years old, and then she came back like a year later, and fucking Steve Austin put her through a table, <laughs> which. It's amazing. amazing. It's amazing. Like, it's a May Young And, and uh, Bubba, Bubba Ray Dudley also put her through a table at one point. Yeah. Oh, I, think, I think when she was supposedly pregnant. That's incredible. Yeah, with the, with the glove baby. Bubba Ray Dudley is a fucking clown. That, <laughs> yeah. dude, is, that dude is one of the dumbest people on the internet. Is um, he? He really is. Like, oh, his wrestling he was opinions. One of my, he was one of my favorite characters. I mean, he, he was a great wrestler, but, yeah. like, all he does now is he has, like, a podcast and, like, he criticizes the most popular wrestlers in the world, and he's like, well, what I do is way different from what they're doing. Like, not realizing that he never made it beyond the mid-card. Yeah. And that, like, he wasn't the most popular wrestler ever. So, like, the most popular wrestlers today have no reason to take his advice. No. Like, it doesn't make sense for them to take his advice because they're doing the right thing because they're on the top of the card. Yeah. But instead, he's like... You know what John Cena should be doing? I'm like, John Cena knows exactly what John Cena should be doing, which is why he is successful and you're doing a podcast. <laughs> like, come on. And he's a movie star. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but Ray he has to make sense of his life. You know, he's, he's he, was, he was a great tag team wrestler. He was a great, a great tag, tag team wrestler. Team. Yeah, I love the Dudley brothers. 
The Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys. Yeah, not, Dudley not, Boys. Not brothers. Yeah. If you say that, um, you know, <laughs> like why? Why do you have to call me brother? <laughs> <laughs> they were. They were supposed in story. They were brothers. Um, only the two of them though. Yeah. Because then they had Spike Dudley as well. Yeah. And then there was Big Dick Dudley who was in ECW. Yeah, there was like five different Dudleys altogether, but yeah. only only the yeah, two. Oh, yeah, only Spike the two. Dudley. Yeah, Spike yeah. Dudley was a uh, was a uh, uh, a middle school teacher. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, That's no. That's fun. Yeah. But Man, yeah. all my all my all my two thousand early two thousands wrestling knowledge is just flooding back. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spike was like late nineties though. I think right because they were. No, he was in two thousands. Was he? Yeah. Because I want to. Wasn't Spike in the the WCW era with them? And they went over to WWF. He wasn't. Yeah, 2000s. Spike went. Spike went into WWE. Yeah, but that was like into WWE, not WWF. I want to say they they shot back and forth, but they were in WCW for most of the nineties. I want to say mm. right. Yeah. Yeah, and then like near the end of the Attitude Era, they came back to WWE. Mm. To turn to the E from the Fed. Yeah. Law. Uh, I mean, I maybe I should do a wrestling podcast. Um, <laughs> but we we could talk about wrestling forever. It's I true. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I, think, I think I think I think we got time. To I don't even know how we got there. Anyway, so yeah. <laughs> uh, so about giving birth to a glove. Yeah. Next next we have a, <laughs> what the fuck, man? What what have we become? Um, next we got a comment from uh, Smilodon forty eight. Um, says about this. That was really stellar. Kind of gave me a 90s era Star Trek vibe with the two-parters, but in a m- more condensed format. The action here was really well done. Yeah. From the Starship action to the actual fights between Dreadnought and Essentia versus the Protostar crew. Uh, not that we haven't seen it before in the season, but their bravery is very moving and very earned. Mm-hmm. Jellico being a hard ass as usual, surprised he wasn't there leading the fleet himself, but it makes sense because he's an admiral. Mm-hmm. There's also just something about seeing a Defiant fly around like that gives you a chill down your spine in a very good way. Very, very cool. You just know Nickelodeon had a field day animating that. Namai Melu Mod deserves a huge shout-out for the great music in this episode. Mm -hmm. I guess that's her name. Uh, Cool. Can't wait to see how it all wraps up. I agree that they're probably going to time travel. Season 2 will probably be Star Trek Prodigy, The Search for Chakotay. Which, yeah. I, I guess, I we really don't need time travel anymore in Star Trek, but okay. Yeah. Like, really, just cut out the, it's not, it's not time trek. Stop yeah. making a time trek. Explore it, the stars. Yeah. It's a, stars. it's a star trek. Yeah, please. What are you, on some sort of time trek? Yeah. I mean, they could make a time trek show. That would be cool. Yeah. I'd watch time trek, probably. Yeah, like, why make the, why make the Section 31 show when we, and also in DS9, we introduce the time cops. Time cops are cool. Yeah, just have the fucking time cops. You know, just like putting putting uh, the t- uh, the timeline in proper order. Yeah, like the time cops just enforcing the temporal accords. Yeah, that would be sick. Yeah, that would be watchable as fuck. Yeah, and they were they were, and they were just kind of like they they weren't you know assholes or anything. Well, they were just kind of well they were assholes. Dude, they could literally call it time cops. Yeah, time that cops. would be so cool. Star Trek time cops. I would. Yeah, that's a sexy title. Yeah, that's just sexy. Yeah, they're just kind of Columbos. Even though I hate cops. Yeah. And time. And time. They're my two greatest enemies. <laughs> I would watch Time Cops. But, but, you know, but you put them together and make it where they're just like going around being like, weren't you in 2024? Yeah, straight up, if if I'm found dead, the top two suspects 
are those two people, time and cops. <laughs> yeah. Like, but not a time cop. A time cop. No, time you. cop. I don't know. I don't know. The time cops aren't armed. Do you think? Do you think time cops killed Jeffrey Epstein? Maybe. I mean, something probably they, they had to like make. You know, if he lived, they could have been there. We'd be living in a completely different timeline right now. So true. True. Yeah. Mm. So he had to die, or you know, he's probably still alive. Probably. Yeah. He's just being held. In, and the and the new secret island, yeah, little uh, Big, li- li- littler Saint, Saint James, James. <laughs> smaller Saint James. Yeah. Uh, so next we have a comment from Smoha ninety six says Gwyn coming out with a Trek speech and the Klingons arriving legitimately brought a tear to my eye. Yeah, yeah, that was a great moment. Yeah, it was great. Honestly, the living construct is easily one of the biggest threats that Starfleet has faced since the Dominion. I also agree. And I like that it is like a Federation ending threat, but this entire season hasn't been specifically about that and things that revolve specifically around that. Yeah. Like, that's one reason why, like, you know, Discovery is largely unwatchable is because, like, you know, they make 10 episodes about, or 13 episodes about one thing. Yeah. With a few side stories, whereas this is like all side stories. With one plot through, mm-hmm. yeah, which is cool. Yeah, with culminates and like the and the finale of it, and, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it's also something that you can track. I mean, yeah, I mean, as I I, I said before, like tracking like season four mm-hmm. of Discovery is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, considering uh, the Utopia. Planitia attack is only a few years away. It goes further to explaining the Federation's paranoia when the time comes. Also, the USS Sovereign. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I didn't have, even think about it until reading this com- these comments. But yeah, this actually does like set up Picard a lot better than Picard set up Picard. Mm. Which is insane <laughs> that you have to have a children's show like backpedal for you and yeah. fill in fill in your lore. Mm-hmm. So your fucking dog shit adult show makes more sense. That's wild to me. Yeah. That's fucking wild to me. It's wacky dacky. It is. It's bizarro shit, bro. <laughs> All right. Next, we have a comment from Uncertain Error who says, Aw, deep down the Klingons and Ferengi and Gorn, etc. like the thought of Starfleet being around, even if they don't want to join up themselves. Neat callback with the Brunary officer, though they're telepaths, so her letting Janeway out of the brig wasn't such a huge leap of faith. Mm. Which actually makes sense and actually like contextualizes everything a lot better. Yeah. And I didn't remember that they were uh, mm. telepathic, but that's awesome. We like that. We like writing that makes sense, especially in context of yeah. the reference it's making. That's sick as hell. Great writing, Aaron, whatever. Good job. Next, we have a comment. Finally, we're going to close out the subspace here. Um, we got uh, Dead Bob 1978 says, <clears throat> I'm half expecting them to try to get the allies to fire on the protostar, thinking that if the ship is destroyed, it could destroy the construct as well. Mm. And Maddie Bagpipe says, The living construct seems to be not as decentralized as a virus should be. I can see the crew flying the ship to the sun to destroy it. Mm. That would kind of make sense, too. Yeah. I'm surprised they already haven't tried that. Yeah, or like they did in uh, season two of Discovery, they just went forward in time with that weird um, computer thing, like the Mm -hmm. 
well, I can't remember what the fuck it was called, but the evil thing that was going to also destroy the robot right. thing that was also going to destroy all of Starfleet. Cool. We love season two of Discovery. <laughs> no, I feel like that's where it really went off the rails. Like the after the first season, I'm like, okay, they could do something with this. Yeah, I mean that was fine. Yeah, I mean, very few Star Trek series have been been great, but by, by first, uh, first by, by first season, yeah, you know, I'd say honestly. Strange New Worlds and Prodigy, or the Prodigy is only in contention because it's still not done yet. But like, yeah. I'm pretty sure if if the final episode is in, is as good as any of the episodes in the second half of the first season, mm-hmm. it will be. I think like gilded, like yes. it'll be up there. I'll, I'll still say season uh, Strange New Worlds did have a better first season mm-hmm. than than Prodigy. Yeah, but like Prodigy, the second half of season two was probably stronger than strange new world season one yeah i would say so yeah it was it was i mean both have been just uh, fantastic yeah but at the time yeah when first season of discovery came out you know we didn't have those two so we're just like right right so so we're just like like, oh boy new track yeah we 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 know uh we know tng we know ds9 you know and And so (laughs) and so we're like oh i guess this is the best you know what get now you know what it's good it's gonna get better by season two you know, just have that, have that faith. Like, you know what? They're just working out the kinks. Fuck you. They're just working out the kinks. They're just fuck you, Pat. <laughs> they're just gonna figure out what to do, where to do with this show, and then it's gonna get really good. And then just like, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, didn't suck my Michael Burnham shaped <laughs> yeah. dick. Um, yep. Yeah. Like the best thing that show has ever done is canonized Klingons having two dicks. Yeah. Yep. Best. By far the best. Yeah, and that, was, that was in the end of the first season. I also had Clint Howard in that episode. That's true. Yeah, I was gonna say, oh, oh okay, they got Clint Howard. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm I'm seeing potential here. Yeah, as a as a creepy as a creepy Orion, mm-hmm. I could see potential. No, they just need to bring. They just they needed to make Clint Howard. Also that also that episode established that uh, Philippa is a is a uh, pansexual. That's right. Yeah, yeah she's, mi- was it Mirror Philip? Yeah, it was Mirror. Yeah, Mirror Philip. Yeah, yeah, the other one is already eaten. Yeah, already had her ass ate her whole her Ooh. whole ass ate out. Meanwhile, Philippa was looking to get at, get at her, at either eat some ass or have her ass eaten. Oh yeah, we love so, that. Yeah, so who knows? Yeah, but yeah, it was that was that was an okay episode, but yeah, it could have just kept kept that momentum. Pansexual Giorgio, uh, Clint Howard, two yeah. dicks. Needed that's that. that's all. That's all you need for the that's show. That's all you need. Just like Clint Howard as the ice cream man. <laughs> <laughs> And Philip and Georgiou, like, just beating him to death for 42 minutes. Yeah. There's your fucking show, Terry. Take it and leave, all right? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Terry Metellus doesn't do that. I don't even know yeah. who the showrunner is. Who knows? Now. It's a Catherine something, and uh, I, I want to say Gazoonite. Um, Kurtzman still has co-showrunner credits on it, but I'm not mm. really sure. I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really care about that show. Yeah. Season five will happen. We'll review it. We'll both probably be miserable. Yeah, we'll both be like, we'll both be looking at the gun. Yep. Yeah. I'll, well, yeah, I'll just like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to make some kind of fun game about that. Like, I'm gonna have a gun <laughs> in like a case between us, but you'll have to like solve a Rubik's cube in order to open up the case, and so like, both of us will be trying to talk while like figure out a Rubik's cube. <laughs> and it'll be very. interesting. I had a Rubik's cube. I actually had a Rubik's cube. Uh, the first Rubik's cube I ever had was from uh, the NSA gift shop. What? <laughs> One time I was just driving around and uh I like it was back in Maryland and like it was my day off and I was just driving and uh 
And then like I, uh, this is before NSA was a normal thing. And I just saw like, oh look, a museum for um, for uh, code breaking. The NSA has never been a normal thing. <laughs> no, the, no, I mean a normal uh, uh, every like a household name. Yeah, I'd say it's been normalized. Yeah. However, your own government uh, spying on you every minute of your life, I would say, is not normal. Yeah, yeah. But I was I was just bored and I was just driving down uh, the street and. Passed by, I was like, huh, I didn't know there was a code-breaking museum there, so I'll go in there. And I went to the code-breaking museum, and then, like, I, then, of course, one thing about me is I, I'm a sucker for gift shops, and they had a gift shop there. I also hear you're a sucker for penises as well. Yes, yes, precisely. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which is how, like, then I met uh, Todd, who <laughs> was also, it was the clerk that, who worked in the gift shop. And President George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Uh, no, uh, yeah, I ended up buying like a uh, Rubik's cube that had on the white side it had um, uh, little NSA symbols <laughs> on the on each of the blocks. Amazing. Yeah, probably had a listening device or something. Oh yeah, there's there's a microphone in there. Yeah, this is before I had a cell phone, but so now we're all carrying around listening devices. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I put it in my butt when I'm not using it. Hell yeah. Also, the vibrate function feels real. Nice. Oh word word. Yeah, hell yeah. Feels real good <laughs> on the prostate. Uh, all right. Well, that's. Uh... That's that. That's our subspace transmission. So it looks like we're nearing the end of the show. Mm -hmm. But before we go, we'd like to give a eulogy to someone hey. who gave their ultimate sacrifice. It's time for a red shirt obituary. Will the away team sit a pinch and somebody had to die? Thanks a lot. Time to beam up to that big red shirt in the sky. Hey, it's the red shirt obituary. Today we remember Lieutenant Van Mater, mm. an engineering officer who served aboard the USS Enterprise D under Captain Jean-Luc Picard until 2367. Van Mater succumbed to effects of a subspace distortion she was investigating as it formed below her and caused her to fall partially into the deck beneath her. Mm. When the floor rematerialized, her internal organs were crushed. Ugh. Yes, she is the one uh, from the meme where, like, a woman is half in the floor. Yeah, that's probably one of the most horrific ways to go. That is absolutely horrific. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Like, you'd probably go instantly, but holy fucking shit. Like, yeah. right before you go, when you realize you're, like, stuck in the floor... No. Yeah, I mean she. Yeah, I mean I'm guessing she was just like because it didn't look like she was like in distress at all. Just like kind of just like, right? Like she just she didn't die screaming, which is mm -hmm. nice. That I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Maybe she could not scream. Yeah. <laughs> um. So rest in peace among the floor, Lieutenant Van Mater, <laughs> and thanks for your contribution to the greater good. I guess. Yeah. R.I.P. Bozo. Indeed. So. Uh, that's about the end of the show. If uh, mm -hmm. people want to reach you online, where can they reach you, Patrick? I'm at Atomic Bomb on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Cool. Yeah. And uh, you can find us basically at any social at Soytrek. Uh, you can find us on Reddit. Uh, you can go to Soytrek.com. Hopefully that'll be back up because it wasn't working earlier today. Uh-oh. Uh, we're just sent it to tech support, and tech support has been super good about uh, fixing stuff instantly, so hopefully it'll be up by sometime tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yep, but you can reach me at any socials at Soytrek. Uh, ask for dick pics, ask for, I don't know, butthole pics? Mm. 
I don't I don't really do hole picks that often. I'm not a bottom. I don't really do hole picks. Yeah. You don't even need to see my butthole. You might be you might you might stick your tongue in it, but <laughs> that's about it. You don't you don't need to see the whole show. Have you heard uh Hole Pick by Willem? It's a good song. No. Yeah, it's all about taking hole picks. Cool. Yeah. Willem Dafoe? No, uh Willem the um the Willem de Friend. Willem de Friend, uh mm-hmm. the the drag queen. Oh, okay. I like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's a good song. That's fun. Yeah. I I never really ever listen to drag queen music because most of the time it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's just like them talking at something. Like there's a reason most drag queens like lip sync. Yeah, there's like five drag queens out there that are actually like talented singers, mm-hmm. and the rest of them aren't. <laughs> like there's Jinx Monsoon, and that's the only one I can think of right now. But mm-hmm. uh, they're fucking amazing. Uh, most of the other ones not so much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, fucking soy trek. Soy trek. Hit us up. And I guess with that, Captain's Log, supplemental. Well, that's all, folks. Looks like it's time for us to warp away. Mm-hmm. Be well, travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition, number 10 says, greed is eternal. Mm. Thanks for trekking with the soy boys, girls, and other worldly beans. Hang dong and shockers. Poopy. Poopy. Fill in that diaper. Fill in that big old poopy diaper. <laughs>